no reason. Sorry, guys. I fucking pulled some energy. Alrighty then, how y'all doing out there? Welcome to the Jam Room Podcast. I just waved my mic around really weirdly and now it's fucking stuck. Alright, we're back. How y'all been? Hope you've had a fantastic week as always. Uh, welcome back to the podcast if you're a listener. If you're a first time guy, welcome. Hopefully you enjoy this uh, shit show that we have here. Um, I did not get an episode out to you guys last week, and I do apologize for that, for all you guys waiting with bated breath. I uh, hope you didn't bait it too hard. Um, it was just a fucked up week, guys. There's really no excuse for it, except that the weather was so shit that I couldn't fucking record out here at the bar. So, whatever. We've been getting smashed with fucking storms here in Perth, so Tuesday's fucking podcast day. I fucking love Tuesdays. I get to relax, just touch up on whatever music I haven't got around to listening to, fucking get some ideas together for the episode and record it. I did that last week, um, but then a storm hit, and so when I went to go record, it was fucking howling with wind out here, just pissing down, so the audio would have been shit, so I was like, fuck it, whatever, and then the rest of the week was super busy, so sorry guys, um, all my notes from last week that I did prepare are kind of redundant, but we might get back to them. Who knows? Um, I've had a busy fucking week. So since we talked last, plenty of shit's been going on in the world. We'll get to that. Plenty of new music's come out as well. We'll definitely get to that shit. Not all of it, because it's too much. And uh, I like to keep these podcasts a little bit snappy. Uh, but whatever. So fucking Thursday night last week, though, guys... Um, the the amazing Shane Gillis uh, blessed Perth with his fucking company, and uh, I got to go see his show. It was fucking hilarious. Fucking hilarious. It was a fucking great night. I love these comedy nights that come around when it's someone I really want to see, that I've been like, you know, looking forward to for a long time, and fucking like I didn't have anyone really to go see Shane Gillis with, so I bought two tickets straight off the bat when they had fucking first released. Um, and then I was kind of just tossing up who I'm going to bring with me. So I ended up going with, um, my good mate, Joe, who you guys might know from this podcast. If you listen to some of those old episodes, uh, Joe Filicamo, AKA Bloom, the drum and bass producer, um, good friend of mine, fucking, uh, also a big comedy fan and shit as well. So we met down in fucking, where was it? Mount Lawley or some shit. Uh, I don't know, kind of the out outskirts of the city there, uh, for the Shane Gillis show. It's fucking amazing. You know, we got drinks at a pub beforehand. Like, I was tying it on because that's always one of my things. If I'm going to a comedy show, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to drink. I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to have a good fucking time. Not as good a time as uh, some other folks out there, but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. So, yeah, we get to the fucking, the venue. It's awesome. It's the Astor Theater, which is an old ass fucking theater right there in um, Mount Lawley. It's been there for fucking ever. And uh, it's it's old school, it's whatever. First of all, no one checked my fucking tickets. Like, we walked in, I had, like, my QR codes ready to be scanned or whatever, and no one gave a shit. No one gave a shit. We just walked fucking in. I guess if you had just walked in and you didn't have a seat, um, then they might realize that you're a piece of shit that's trying to sneak in. But we had seats, obviously, right? So we get all our drinks, we get to our fucking seats, 
we're a little bit early, so I'm like, fuck it. Let's just, you know, leave our drinks, go outside. I want to have a cigarette, all that other sorts of bullshit. Go out there. And, you know, you've got to feel sorry for some motherfuckers, you know, because I understand these guys. Like, it, it's happened to plenty of people I know that they just get a bit too excited for a fucking show, drink too much, and then don't make it to the show. So we're out there on the street having a cigarette. This dude, and he's obviously a Shane Gillis fan. And if you know anything about Shane Gillis, you know he's a drinker. Um, if you don't know anything about Shane Gillis, fucking YouTube him. Like, ch check out his stand-up. His stand-up's fucking tremendous. It was actually kind of weird uh, finding out that a lot of the people uh, there at the show were only there because of... Um, like Joe Rogan appearances. Shane Gillis has been on Joe Rogan a few times. That's it. That's the kind of knowledge of him. That's all. Uh, that was fascinating to me because fucking I was a big fan of Shane uh, way before he got on Rogan. Uh, not bragging. Not bragging or anything like that. So we're outside. Have a cigarette. Fucking what? Poor fucking dude. He's obviously a Shane Gillis fan, like I said. How did I? How could I tell he was a Shane Gillis fan? He was wearing a Bud Light shirt, right? And again... For those who know Shane Gillis, knows uh, what that means. He's just fucking wasted, man. He's stumbling his way. Obviously, a nice. He's not an aggressive guy or whatever. Skinny dude. He fucking he, he stumbles up. His buddy's trying to help him. Whatever. Obviously, the security want nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. So, fucking shout out that drunk dude. Shout out that drunk dude. I'm sorry you missed the fucking show. Um, it was fucking tremendous. It was a nice surprise to have fucking Matt McCusker open up for Shane. Fucking uh, missed that. Um, for those of you who don't know, Matt McCusker is uh, Shane's partner on his podcast, the Matt and Shane Secret Podcast. It's a funny fucking podcast. Go check that one out. Add it to your list of fucking podcasts, guys, because um, they're great together. The whole show was fucking amazing. Um, yeah. Had a great time. Had a great fucking night. So that was Thursday. And that was my backup day to do the podcast that I didn't do. And I was going to do it before I went to the show. But I was, I was too excited. And I was fucking drinking. So fucking, yeah, what do you want? What do you want from me? What do you want from me? I'm going to go out and have some fun every now and then, guys. Sorry. But meanwhile, since we last fucking spoke, the world has almost fucking gone into war, hasn't it? Anyone sort of sense there's some weird sort of wartime bullshit starting to sort of uh, rise up a little bit, get a bit of momentum behind it? I don't know. Fucking Nancy Pelosi with her big grandma tits fucking went over to Taiwan um, for some reason. And China saw that as a, as a fucking act of war. So Taiwan is fucking... Dude, I never fucking knew there was any contention... Um, of ownership of Taiwan, right? So I grew up fucking uh, watching a show. I don't know, some of you guys might know this. It was on like a travel channel or some shit on Foxtel or um, Discovery or something like that. It was a show called Fun Taiwan. And um, there was this like hot little Asian girl and she would just show you fucking cool shit around Taiwan. It was a fucking wicked show. I always wanted to go to Taiwan because I loved the fucking idea of the, 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 the street food and the fun and, and all this sort of shit. It just seemed like any other fucking cool place um, in Asia, right? And I've been to, to many of them. Um, too many to list right now, but fucking never been to China. Have I been to China? Well, Hong Kong, never counted that as China, but never been to Taiwan. Uh, and so Nancy Pelosi went over there to Taiwan. All of a sudden, China's like, fuck this. We're going to start dropping bombs around Taiwan just to send a bit of a message, right? And then Nancy Pelosi comes back to America and starts telling people that fucking China's the, uh, like one of the freest countries on the planet and all this sorts of bullshit. So what the fuck is going on? Like, 
I mean, I know this even harkens back to the fucking, um, the shit that's going on with Russia and the Ukraine, right? Like, it seems as soon as you put a fucking, um, geriatric fucking mentally retarded person in charge of the world's most powerful country, all the people that are, you know, sort of gunning for the spot of top country, all of a sudden like, fuck, now's our chance to act. Now's our chance to do something, right? Because all of a sudden we've got an opening. Trump's out and he was going to fuck us up. So now we've got this old retard in there that's pretty much a corpse that doesn't know what he's doing. Um, we, we might be able to make some power moves right now. You know what I mean? Like, how quick did it take for the world to not give a fuck about the fucking shit going on in Russia and Ukraine? But it all happened as soon as they got rid of Trump, right? And I'm not a big fucking Trump guy. We'll get to fucking Trump later on, right? But um, yeah, all of a sudden uh, China's starting to pipe up as well. And especially if he's got the support of someone like Nancy Pelosi, uh, of course they're going to pipe up. They're going to try and fucking exercise as much um, dominion over that area as they can while the fucking going's good, right? But with that fucking Russia-Ukraine thing, like, it's still going on, right? It's still going on. And it's, I think that no one gives a shit about it anymore because they aren't treating it the way that they treated the fucking um, pandemic um, in terms of fucking news stories and, and constant hype of fear, right? So when the pandemic's going on, dude, we got fucking stats every day. This many people got the new fucking infection. This many people have died. Um, this is what's going on everywhere. That, like We had numbers to look at and go like, oh, fuck, right? Where's the fucking score for Russia versus Ukraine, right? Where's the score? Who's winning? Like, like I, I know as morbid as it sounds to fucking see the body count on TV, but that's what they did with the pandemic. We're seeing body counts, right? Hey, yeah? that's a pandemic that was completely caused by China or whatever. Yeah, so I don't know. Don't know what's fucking going on with there, especially with China fucking piping up like, and, and someone like Nancy Pelosi trying to tell us that this is a fucking really free fucking nation or whatever. Jesus Christ, that's insane. Like there, there was a thing recently with fucking Joe Rogan, um, looking into the terms, ter terms of service, the TOS, the terms of service for fucking TikTok. You know that app that everybody's addicted to. I've never looked at TikTok before, guys. I've never installed it. I don't know what the fuck it's about because I'm, I'm an old man. I'm I'm over twelve years old, so I'm not on fucking TikTok, right? Um, either way, the fucking the terms of service are fucking terrifying. Like China's literally using this app to spy on people, whoever they want. So this app has access to your microphone and camera whenever it wants, whether you're using the app or not, right? So if you're on TikTok. The Chinese government could just fucking start listening to your sort of things. And, and this is where all that spy shit gets weird. Because everyone's got to make those jokes like, what fucking idiots just sitting there listening to millions upon millions of conversations at a time, trying to look for trigger words. It doesn't work like that. Obviously, they're going to fucking record it all. And then when they need to, they'll look back on it. Or they use algorithms to filter out uh, important information or conversation pieces or whether or not you use the word Taiwan or something like that, right? Um, but it looks like they're using it to target certain um, important individuals in America. So TikTok could say if you're a fucking senator and your kid has TikTok, China's interested in that account for sure. 
because whatever you happen to say in the household or whatever like that, that could be fucking really good information for them. Um, and they, they want it. But it got me thinking, like, China is, like, very oppressive to its people. And it's certainly not the fucking higher ends that are going to be filtering through this data. So what if it fucking backfires? What if we all, as a collective in the, in the, in the Western sort of hemisphere here, say, you know, just, just go for it, China. Take all of our data, all of our conversations, all of our um, stupid ideas and, you know, our ramblings or whatever and filter through it. It might backfire. Because say if you're a fucking Chinese person that's a little bit subjugated by their government or whatever and you're working for this fucking data mining bullshit fucking horrible thing and you're listening to all these fucking free people talking bullshit, right? You might get a bit jealous. It might actually become a pro-democracy thing for China when China starts realizing how fucking free the people of the Western Hemisphere are in their speech and their actions, in their goals, their dreams, all that other sorts of stuff. You never know. Just let them fucking have all the data. What are they going to get? Fucking people discussing fucking ball hair and fucking other mundane bullshit, right? We've got the freedom to discuss whatever nonsense we want to discuss. And that might be a point of jealousy for some of these people because they're not allowed to. They can't speculate on shit like that. So I don't know. It might backfire. It might not. But uh, what has backfired is fucking um, Trump being president. Right? Obviously getting rid of him has fucking made the rest of the world uh, sort of pipe up and contend for some power. So, eh, you don't want them in power or whatever. But all that aside, um, the FBI has decided to fucking raid um, Trump's, what is it? His Mar-a-Lago, whatever, Mar-a-Lago estate or some shit. Um, thinking that he uh, stole some shit on his way out. Some very confidential information, and he might be selling it to the black market. Doesn't really add up to me. I don't really understand that. It seems like a bit of a, a witch hunt, but uh, this is the big fear. And this is what everybody's fucking accusing him of. Like, he apparently left the White House and fucking took the nuclear codes or some shit with him, right? And he's got them at home and he's going to sell them to the fucking highest bidder or whatever. Like, wh all right. <laughs> There's a bit to to unpack here, right? First of all, everyone steals shit when they lose a job, right? You're in an office job and you get fired. You're going to take a fucking box of pens. You're going to take a little stapler. You're going to fucking, you know, call your boss a cunt. You're going to do a couple of things on the way out. You just might take the nuclear codes. Fuck them. Take them. Take it. Whatever. We're all guilty of that. We could all understand that he would have taken something on his way out, right? I would have taken... um like one of the portraits from the fucking Oval Office or something like that. You know, that would have been funny. Just something that, like, wouldn't quite fit under his jacket, but, you know, kind of looks funny, him walking out with it. You know, oh, the, the left side of Trump looks a bit rectangular today. What's under there? Oh, it's a fucking portrait. But um, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, the nuclear codes. What the fuck is the big fear of Trump having the nuclear codes? Are these the same nuclear codes from the 50s? Like, surely when there's a new president that hated Donald Trump or hated whatever president came before him, surely you make new codes, right? Surely the fucking, 
the, the nuclear codes should be changed on a fucking like a daily basis. That should be something that fucking is like the president is briefed on every morning. Here's the codes for today in case you need them. They're not going to be the same as yesterday because of security reasons. And then all of a sudden, like, like Trump's been out of office for fucking two years. And now they're like, oh, shit, they're missing. Fuck, they're missing. And they only really realized they were missing when Nancy Pelosi went to China and kind of prompted them to start dropping bombs or something. So now they might need them. And they're like, fuck, we don't have them anymore. We lost them. And we have no idea how to change them. That's such a fucking bullshit. Like, something's fishy here, right, guys? I seriously think that they may have just raided Trump because he has information, not because of nuclear codes, not because of, you know, national security or anything like that, because of some fucking dirt that he's got on the Bidens or the Clintons or anything to do with the Democratic Party because they're dirty motherfuckers, it seems, right? I'm not saying everybody else is, you know, crystal clean or whatever. But yeah, it just seems like a bit of a smear campaign going on here. And they're just pu putting fucking the, the, th the, <laughs> the fear of someone like Trump selling America's nuclear codes as the reason. Everyone's like, oh, you know, that's bad. That's very bad. But also, how the fuck does that work? Like, surely knowing the nuclear codes, even if they are the nuclear launch codes, I think you might need more than just the codes to set them off. I don't know. That's just me. Hopefully, they've built in some more security. I mean, it'd be pretty wild if someone could just hack in with a, a password and fire them, right? No key. No two people have to, you know, fucking twist the key at the same time. Like those old school, old school fucking safety mechanisms, you know? What? I don't know. Fucking is what it is, you know? And then, and obviously, in the same sort of time frame, fucking um, Alex Jones is getting fucked up with his lawsuit. Um, there's a lot to unpack with the Alex Jones fucking lawsuit, guys. Uh, so I think we'll leave it to another podcast. I think maybe next week we'll talk about the the Alex Jones bullshit that's going on here. Because again, I don't know, and it, you know, I don't want to make out like I'm a fucking right wing rambling piece of shit because I'm not. Just weird things are weird things, right, guys? Anyway. I guess that's some of the big fucking nuggets that have happened this week. I know I've missed a couple. We'll get back to them, but it's a music podcast. So let's fucking get back onto music, guys. Let's just keep it a little bit short today and just go straight into music. We'll cover this sort of shit and I might do an extra episode. I say that a lot because I fucking intend to, but I'm also prone to my own shortcomings. So I'll make the promise. Fuck it. I'll try. We'll see what we can do later in the week. But this week in music, guys, uh, a bunch of new shit's come out. Uh, let's start with the new fucking big greatest hits album from Eminem, right? It's called Curtain Call 2. And it's two hours and 40 minutes long. And I tried to listen to... Guys, I'm not a big M Eminem guy. Don't know. He always just sounded too aggressive with his rap and shit. He's always angry about fucking something. I don't know. Um... So when I saw this new album come out, I thought it was an album. I didn't know it was a greatest hits thing. There's a couple of new tracks on there or whatever. But like, I literally committed myself to the fucking nearly three hours to listen to this bullshit. And um, I don't know, man. Apparently it's his greatest hits. And he's only had, what? He's been on the scene 20-something years? Okay, so his first EP or LP, his first actual album, 
uh, it was 99, right? The, um, the, the Slim Shady fucking LP or whatever. You know, the, the 99, 99 was a wild time. Like, we all found out about who Eminem was, not because of Eminem being Eminem, but because so many fucking other people were called Slim Shady and he had to do something about it, right? In 99, he's like, fuck this. Everybody's calling themselves Slim Shady. I'm the guy. I'm the real fucking Slim Shady. I'm going to fucking make a name for myself. And he did make a name for himself. And that name for himself was not Slim Shady. It was Eminem. So I guess there's a probably more real Slim Shady out there. One that actually still goes by that name. And, you know, he should please stand up. Because he might be the real Slim Shady. Because uh, the Slim Shady that fucking took all of his shade or whatever. Or shaded him in whatever way, uh, it's not called Slim Shady. It does not go by Slim Shady anymore. It's M&M. And it's not even, uh, it's not even M-M. M-N-M, you know, because Marshall Mathers or whatever. It's So how many fucking names does this guy want in the first year of his career? Whatever. Whatever. Um, but <laughs> the new album, Curtain Call 2, as the name suggests, is the second Curtain Call album, which was also a greatest hits album. So in his, what, 23-year career, um, if you combined uh, Curtain Call 1 and 2, we have four and a half hours worth of fucking Eminem hits. Hits. Four and a half hours worth of hits in a 20-year career. That's pretty good. That's, that's, that's something. If someone asked me to fucking um, fill up a playlist of Eminem's greatest hits, I would not get anywhere near maybe even 10 minutes, but I wouldn't get anywhere near fucking two and a half hours like this one was or an hour and a half like the, the first one was, whatever. If you're an Eminem fan out there, fucking cool. You get it. That album's out. Greatest hits. I hope you're waiting for it. I hope you like it. I hope you're doing all your sort of stuff. But like, you know, Eminem, in my mind, is everyone says he's so fucking underrated. He's a great rapper and all that sort of shit. Just never really fucking floated my boat, guys. My boat was sunk by his bullshit, but I don't know. It is what it is, guys. So if you're an Eminem fan and you didn't already know, there's no way that this podcast is going to be the thing that informs you. Fucking so whatever. We just mentioned it for the fun of it um, and for me to make fun of Slim Shady. And just to remind you all, he is the real Slim Shady, right? He's the real Slim Shady. It's Eminem. Let's start calling him Slim Shady again. You know, let's make Slim Shady again. Hey, right? Cool. Whatever. Let's move on to some actual albums that have come out this week. Because uh, that wasn't a real one. There's a couple of new tracks on there. But it's Eminem. He's a, he's a fucking, you know, a noteworthy name. Well, he's noteworthy because he's uh, on my notes. King Stingray. You guys heard of King Stingray? If you're in Australia, you definitely have. Because uh, fucking Triple J's been jamming it down your throat the last fucking couple of weeks or whatever. So King Stingray, it's a band out of the Northern Territory, um, which is central North Australia, right? Um, middle of fucking nowhere. No one should live up there. There's nothing to do up there. It's bullshit. Um, it's so much so there's not even actually a state. We're just like, it's a territory. We haven't figured out what to do with it yet, right? Anyway, King Stingray. Um, they're uh, like, common, like, I don't, I hate to say this, like, because obviously... The ethnicity of the members of the band shouldn't fucking matter until they make it a point of their identity, which these guys have done, right? So King Stingray got a couple of indigenous fellas in the band, um, and they want to let you know about it. 
and they want to, you know, sort of honor their culture and all this sorts of shit. So they um, sing some of their songs in um, one of their uh, one of the native languages, an Aboriginal language of sorts. Forget what it was called. Whatever, guys. By the way, there is no such thing as an Aboriginal language. There is like a hundred and something of them. They're all different, different dialects. In fact, I fucking looked into the one that they use um, in a couple of their songs. Not all of them, but a couple, you know, a bunch of their songs has some um, Aboriginal dialect or something in there. And it seems like uh, worldwide, this is worldwide, obviously, because, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's Australia-wide or worldwide, because I don't think anyone in Norway is speaking this language. But there's 4,600 people on this planet that speak this language. And within those 4,600 people, there's actually 12 different variations of this language. So really, you know more people in your life than speak this language at all. Yet, they've decided to use this language uh, in their in their songs um, to you know gain, uh, garner awareness or some shit about the fact that they have indigenous members in their band or something like that, or it means something to them. I don't know. I don't really get it. The reason why I don't really like it, and this is nothing to do with fucking, oh, God, it's just a language that I don't fucking understand. That's not it. It's because I like lyrics. It's because I like fucking vocals. And I think vocals have a tool available to them musically that no other instrument has, which is conceptual weight, right? I can't play a note that means anything on a guitar, right? You can sing, right, in a certain notes. Those notes don't mean anything, but if you say a word in that sort of thing, you get this wicked weight to it where you can impregnate your fucking melody with concepts that throw the listener's mind to the topics that you want them to consider, right? Something like that. It's awesome because language is awesome. And you lose me when you just, you know, I'm trying to decipher whether or not it's in English or not because every now and then you pepper in some English phrases and then it's like, what, what, was that English or did you just mispronounce? Oh, sorry. Was it a language I don't understand or did you mispronounce something I do understand and now I've got problems with it? I don't really get it. And also... With that sort of stuff, especially at this today's like fucking climate where you're talking about, you know, everyone's all hyped up on fucking cultural appropriation and all that sort of shit. You're not allowed to say this unless you're a member of this particular group or minority or whatever. Um, you know, you can't say the N, you can't sing along to a song that has the N word in it unless you're of that accredited member of that group that's allowed to do it, right? So what's going on with this? Do this does this band want people to sing along with their songs or not? Because if we do, but we don't have a fucking clue what these words mean, is that just us being shitheads, like cultural appropriation stuff? Because we've been accused of it in the past, right? So I don't know. Like, are you allowed to sing along with a song in a different language when you have no idea what those fucking words mean? I think so. I'm fucking tired of this sort of bullshit. If the music's good, you just fucking sing along. It just happens to be the case that with this King Stingray band, the music ain't that great anyway. And the fucking vocals. God. This is nothing to do with the lyrics he happens to use or the language he wants to sing in. Just the tone of his voice itself is gross. 
and it just doesn't sit right with me. I fucking find it lazy and horrible and abrasive to my ears. Um, so it would have been nice if there was some uh, good poetry in there that I understood. It could have been a redeeming factor, but it's not. Whatever. King Stingray, I'm going to trash on you guys because I don't fucking get it. And I don't like the fact that everyone's just thinking it's awesome just because it uses a language that no one gives a shit about. Ah, it's so silly. Ah, but anyway, um, the album's called King Stingray as well, by the way. It's King Stingray with the album King Stingray. Not their first album, um, but it's their newest one. And it's, you know, it's got, you know, the music ain't terrible. Um, it's kind of a poppy, rocky kind of thingy. They're trying to be hooky and catchy or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know. Check it out for your fucking self, guys. Let me know what you think. Um, but let's move on. Because there was a, a song that came out this week that I actually really enjoyed. There's an album as well, but I'll, I'll get to that later on, right? So um, we've talked about Russian circles before. Fucking love Russian circles, right? Um, they released a couple of singles maybe a few weeks back, maybe a month back, something like that. Um, and they've just released another single. Um, that's I think these things are adding up to an album launch that will come out pretty damn soon. Because three singles so far... It's time for a fucking album. How many singles do you want on an album? What kind of incredibly cool album is this that's coming out? Now, if you know nothing about Russian, Russian Circles, um, let me inform you a little bit. They are an instrumental trio, right? Guitar, bass, drums, instrumental. They sound like jamming. They're just jamming cool ideas. And this is what's always fucking bugged me about this band. It's the first time I heard them years and years ago. Um, they sounded like Liam and I jamming to me i was like holy shit these like is this one of our jams or oh shit this is a band russian circle they sound fucking like us obviously they're they've got their own little bits and bobs going on but like just the energy that 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 fucking jammy prog rocky vibe is just in them right and it just reminded me of liam and i's sort of work when we jam that's just what happens to come out of us and i'm not throwing any fucking accusations of copyright or anything at this i'm not doing that at all it just happens to be the case i mean what are the odds that i happen to enjoy a band that sounds a little bit like what i end up doing as well of course we all have this fucking um this bias right um but the new song is called gnosis with a silent g at the start right um and it was actually weird i love this fucking song the song was cool and it goes places as prog rock does, as it should. It's jammy or whatever. But with my claim that I thought that the band kind of sounds a bit like Liam and I jamming, in this brand new song of theirs, um, there is a riff that is a very similar in idea, in rhythmic idea, right? Um, to like a song that uh, Liam and I would have written in our first band about 15 something years ago, over 15 years ago, right? So I'm gonna show you now, I'm gonna show you now, like, cause my suspicions are a little bit confirmed with this, but like, also it's just like, what the fuck are the odds of that, you know? And um, like I said, it's not me saying any copyright sort of bullshit, it's a very obvious rhythm, it's a very thing, but it's just cool that, yeah, I'm kind of confirmed. I am kind of jamming on a same wavelength that these guys, I guess, jam on, right? Something like that, I don't fucking know, but check it out. Here is a riff from this new song called Gnosis. Um, this cool little breaky thing. Just a rhythmic idea, whatever. Just have a little listen to it. It's fucking cool, it's grimy, it's a bit of a breakdown riff, right? Check it out. 
Now, 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 check out this, and you know, you tell me if there's any similarity in the rhythmic idea of of, of this um, this little piece of music. Uh, this is from a riff from the band Coco Chi that Liam and I were in um, 15, 16, 17 years ago, something like that. Pat playing drums or whatever. We wrote this song a very, very long time ago. Never saw the light of day or anything like that. So there's no way it could have been copywritten. But just we might just be on the similar wavelength, I guess. Check out the fucking riff here. Joking there's something there? Or am I just fucking being a retard here? Probably. Probably. That's normally the case. But whatever. Let's fucking move on. Because the new song's fucking sick. Listen to it. It's an entirety. In its entirety, sorry. Fucking slipping on my words here. Getting a dry mouth. Need to have a sip of beer. Mm. Russian Circles. Gnosis. Looking forward to this fucking album. Because it seems like this is the title track from the album. Because the cover art and stuff has Gnosis written all over it. So, wicked. Anyway album that I really enjoyed this uh, album, not just song, album that I really enjoyed this week is from Kasabian. Kasabian with a K. Um, this is a fucking English rock, indie, electro-y kind of band or whatever. Um, and they've got a new album out called The Alchemist's Euphoria. And I listened to this album again today, guys, because it's fucking cool. I, I dig it. It's It's got the indie rock feel, but it's got this grimy sort of hard-hitting thing. The vocals kind of remind me of like a royal bloody kind of thing. Um, so, you know, they, they matter, they, they, they really demand some attention, they throw some fucking hooks at you, there's some cool electro stuff in there where you think it should be a regular drum beat, but it's not, they just use a fucking trap beat instead, something like that, I don't know, I want you guys to check this one out, I had a fucking lot of fun with this band, it's called, uh, The Alchemist Euphoria by Kasabian, and these guys have been around for like 25 years or some shit, they, I think they were around in the 90s could be wrong but uh this album has definitely fucking um prompted me to go back through their catalog because i want to see if they evolved into that vibe of being able to marry the electro and the indie rock thing together um like recently or if they've always been striving to do that so i don't really know i don't have a good education on the history of this band but i'm gonna get one you know over this week for sure um basically completely prompted by how cool this fucking new album is Highly recommend it, guys. It's called The Alchemist's Euphoria. I've said that a few times now, but uh, yeah, check it out. That's the music fucking reviews for this week, guys. Um, except for uh, one more. We'll, we'll just, I got to end the podcast with something. We've got to land this fucking plane sometime, somehow. Um, so let's me, let, let me uh, go back. This is how I'm going to end it, right? So, I mentioned earlier in the podcast going to see fucking Shane Gillis down in. Um, Mount Lawley or whatever, right? So fucking, I, I Uber there, right? And um, I'm pretty hyped up, ready for a fucking comedy show. Got a few fucking drinks in me, ready to go, ready to go have more drinks, have a good time, right? Just having some fucking fun. I'm in the Uber, already knew it was a cool Uber driver straight away because the rules here in Perth are still that fucking for public transport and fucking ride share, you got to wear a mask, right? I got my fucking mask in my pocket, walk up to the Uber, he ain't wearing one. 
I get in the door and I pull mine out and like, huh? sort of give him the questioning sort of look. And he just sort of goes, no, 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 whatever, right? Um, so this fellow is, um, I guess, Indian, Punjabi from talking to him, right? He's got a fucking turban on. He's a Sikh, right? And so we're chatting and, uh, dude, sometimes you fucking talk to these Uber drivers and you realize how much of a piece of shit you are in terms of work ethic. You know what I mean? Like, turns out this guy's like a fucking actual, like, mechanic at a mechanic shop. Works full-time as a mechanic, but then squeezes in, like, an extra four or five hours of fucking Uber every fucking night and way more all over the weekend, right? He's trying to save up his money to fucking open his own mechanic shop. Fucking tremendous. That's awesome. I wish I had the energy to do that kind of bullshit, but holy crap, this guy's got his eye on the prize. He immigrated here himself. Fucking champion, right? So we get talking about music, asking what he's into or stuff like that. He's a Drake guy. It's like, cool. I like Drake. Drake's pretty sick. He's got some pretty good flow. You know, I'm a bit of a sucker for a fucking um, a mumble rap every now and then or whatever. But he starts telling me this story about um, his favorite rapper um, from India. And apparently Drake was a big fan of this guy as well. And this guy just got shot like a couple of months ago in May. And it was like a big deal. This is like one of the biggest rap stars India's ever produced, right? Almost fucking going on tour with Drake, right? Um, or collabing with Drake even. He was borderline that sort of fucking fame, right? We were about to know this guy as well as we know fucking Lizzo or Kid Cudi or some bullshit, right? I, I don't know. I don't know if it was going to go that wild, but... He seems like he's a big fucking deal in India. There's a lot of people over there, so he's very fucking famous, right? Uh, but he got shot. He got shot a couple of months ago. Um, it's been a while since a rap has been shot. Uh, so I guess he broke a trend. But this guy was, um, this Uber driver was, was, you know, telling me about the lyrics that he writes because I can't understand them. I don't speak um, Punjabi or whatever, Hindi, whatever, whatever the language is called. I don't speak it. Um, but he's, he's playing me some songs and he's going through the lyrics with him. And he's saying, that's what's so weird about this song is that he's almost pr is predicting his death and how it's going to happen in this song. I was like, what? What are you talking about? It's like, no, 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 no. In, in, in this track, he's talking about someone's going to pull up at this place, shoot me with this kind of gun, blah, 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 blah. It's like he predicted his fucking death. And this song came out like a month or two before he was actually shot. And I was like, fuck, that's wild. I know nothing about this guy. Um, so the artist's name is uh, Sidhu Moosewala. That's three separate words, guys. Sidhu, S-I-D-H-U, uh, Moose, the way you would spell it if you're a Canadian, and um, Wala, W-A-L-A, like as if you were Wala Luigi. Anyway, that's his name, Sidhu Moosewala. You might have heard of him before. I had never heard of him or whatever. And... I'm pretty drunk on this Uber driver. I can't remember the names of the songs he's talking about. It's a fucking miracle. I remembered the name of the artist uh, and checked him out when I got home. So I thought I would leave you guys with a, like the, the f biggest song with the most spins on Spotify from um, Sidhu Moosewala. Just let you guys know that this guy was going to be a big fucking deal, apparently. And his life got tragically cut short because of some bullshit fucking gun violence nonsense, which, you know... Fuck, and that never happens in the rap world, does it? Oh, it's crazy. And uh, anyway, this song's called 295 uh, by Sidhu Muswala. So rest in peace, buddy. And fucking hopefully 
this little education that I'll give you with showing this song will let you guys fucking check out his uh, music even more. You might love it, but, uh, you know, it goes against everything I was saying. It's not always shit that I can... I, I don't always have to fucking know what the lyrics are to care about the song. I don't. Groove is groove. That's cool. But, you know, with the King Stingray shit, man, the guy's voice just fucking pissed me off. And then there was also no fucking lyrical sort of shit to redeem him. That was kind of annoying. But this, yeah, whatever. You don't have to fucking know. Who cares? Fun is fun. Music's music, guys. God, what a fucking hypocrite I am. Anyway, this is the Jam Room Podcast, guys. Hope you have a fantastic week out there. You're about to hear some um, some Indian hip-hop, I, I guess, or something like that. Uh, the song's called 295 by Sidhu Moosewala. Reach out with your recommendations and suggestions and bullshit. All my contact details are in the description of this podcast, maybe, if I get around to it. But have a great week, guys. We'll chat real soon. Take care now. Bye-bye then.